you do any U.S. sports? U.S. sports person? Um, I don't participate actively anymore, <laughs> but I watch. <laughs> I watch a lot of football. I love NFL football. Yeah. But I don't um, participate in sports. My body is a little bit broken. I have all kinds of broken body parts. Mm. <laughs> um, but, oh, I do yoga. Is that a sport? I do yoga pretty consistently. Have you ever won? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I do yoga, I win. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're undefe- so. Are you undefeated at yoga? I'm undefeated at yoga. I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I feel very undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're an athlete. Fuck right, man. Wow. We... I think you're our first undefeated athlete we've ever had oh, shit. as a guest. So I'm also a champion because I know you introduce Ansley as a champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had the hardware. You had the yoga hardware to prove it. Yes, I do. But I left it at home. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to. I thought about it. And then I said, you know, because I brought the pickles. I didn't think also the hardware. Yeah, that would have been a little over the top. Is it really? It's a metal. But a it trophy. is. <laughs> It's a really heavy metal, so I was like, I don't know if they're gonna think I'm bragging, so I just left it at home. All right. Yeah, it's made right. of gold. We have a we have a, a metal wall. I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> you should see my yoga medals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're good. We're ready to start the podcast. Yeah, we're ready. Undefeated yogi in here. We're doing it again. Yes. We're chakra popping. Once again, the chakra poppers are back. And I'm loving the name. Yeah. You're feeling it? I am. I'm feeling Chakra it. Chakra Poppers. So pumped. Uh, so welcome back to Chakra Poppers. I am Sydney. I am sitting next to the world champion, Ansley. Hello. And today our guest is the undefeated yogi, <laughs> Betty Smithsonian. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How you, how you doing? I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. I, um, I'm doing really well, actually. Hell yeah. Hells yeah. Hell yeah. Do you, I mean, that's like, uh, I've never heard anybody say, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a bold statement. Yeah. It's true though. Based on how, <laughs> based on how I used to look, I think it is true. Okay. I'm comparing myself to myself. That's Sweet. all you can do. Yeah. 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 That's what's up. Yeah. That's right. a real competition. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Chakra poppers, are you familiar with what we do on this podcast, Betty? A tiny bit. Okay. Tiny, tiny bit. That's more than enough. <laughs> That's almost what we prefer okay, great. for our guests to have. Perfect. And if you're watching for the first time, basically what we're trying to do on this podcast is prove that you can, you can reach enlightenment no matter what type of sense of humor you have. So we take our guest, who today is Betty Smithsonian through the process of enlightenment by popping open her chakras so that everybody watching and listening can vicariously have their chakras popped open through watching you. Yeah? I can't wait. <laughs> I'm pretty pumped about that. So everybody gets the same questions. Ansley, yeah. get us started. So Betty, what situation or event did you learn the most information from? Yeah, what situation or event did I learn the most information from? So this was the one question I knew coming mm-hmm. in. Mm. And I was thinking, so I initially thought, would, the, would an answer be like when I, I, I'm in a, I'm in a 12-step rep- uh, program, 12-step oh. recovery program. Okay. And I was thinking, would, the, would, the, would me joining that program be the moment or situation that I've gotten the most information from? Or would like, there was something that happened early on while in this program 
that I feel like was like this really specific moment where I was like, oh, wow. And then from there, obviously, my whole life changed. The mm. consequence of my life from there, yeah, everything changed. Okay, so, I, I think I want that moment. You want that moment. I think I want that moment. And <laughs> yeah. uh, before you tell us that, which step was it on? Uh, this wasn't connected specifically to any of the steps. It was more like the principle of um, open-mindedness. Ooh. Yeah. Do tell. Yeah. So this moment, so there is a... a conversation in lots of 12-step programs. I'm just going to keep saying 12-step program just to keep it okay. kind well, of yeah, separate. Can, so what, uh, but yeah. can you just, uh, what are the steps? What are all 12 of them? Yeah. <laughs> Off the top of my head? <laughs> yes. Um, the <laughs> first step is you admitted you were powerless over alcohol, that your life had become unmanageable. Okay. okay. The second step is came to believe in a power greater than yourself could restore you to sanity. Mm. Can that power that's greater than myself also be myself? Um, there's probably versions of that for people. Yeah, it's very flexible. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we can look up. The third step is made a decision to turn your will and power over to that other power. Right. So there is like, oh, I would a, never give myself that power over me. <laughs> <laughs> or at least admitting something is more powerful than you. Oh, in, in, I don't ooh. think Sydney likes either of those. <laughs> I mean, is the sun more powerful? Than Could you? there oh. be a version of Sydney more powerful than Sydney? The broke? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think yeah. that's what this whole thing is. Dude, show yeah. him to me. I'll fuck him up right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Show me the weak Sydney right now. I'll fucking destroy him. He's worthless. Get him out of my house. <laughs> Get him away from my kids. Yeah, and if he does beat me, no stepdads. <laughs> you know my rules. All right, um, so number four. Oh, my God. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. I don't know what any of that meant. Well, moral and searching? Is that what the yes. Yeah. Can you say that one more time for yeah, stupid moral people? And search, uh, moral and fearless searching. Uh, <laughs> wait a second. Searching and moral. Oh, my God. Inventory of yourself. Woo, moral. I didn't get past step four. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just look it up. Can I just yeah, look it up? I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. Um, what if I just open my phone and there's porn right on there? <laughs> Does that happen to me? Which you? step is that? Six and nine? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. That is fucking funny for a million other reasons. Yeah. So the fourth step is basically uh, you made a... a a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. Okay. So what that is basically is you're going to list out all the things that maybe uh, things you've done in your life, moments in your life that are that you need to kind of inventory. And it's usually the shitty way we treated people. Mm. So you kind of list all that stuff out. And then in five, you take a look at it with someone else. The fifth mm. step is you're going to kind of review that inventory with maybe a counselor, maybe your therapist, maybe someone else in the program. Yeah. So there's like a review of it so that the person who's making it isn't just, you know, talking to themselves about their shit. Okay, so right? like a cosigner. Right, it's not a <laughs> okay. cosigner. It's actually more of a caller outer. I think until that point, a lot of people only have cosigners. Ooh. I won't be more powerful than myself. I'll call me out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then out. six and seven are about these are like the steps that you sort of do forever. They're the steps that have to do with kind of understanding the, from your moral inventory, you kind of get a list of 
some of the ways in which you can act when you're afraid, mm. right? You can lie, you can cheat, you can steal, manipulate, con, scheme. And then you kind of list these. Check, check, check. <laughs> yeah, and then twice on that. And then as a result of knowing more about the way you can behave with those defects of character, mm-hmm. you kind of ask for the strength to act differently next time. That's mm-hmm. kind of what six okay. and seven are. So you make a list of those defects and you ask them to be removed. Mm-hmm. Um, eight and nine are making a list of people you owe an amends to and then going and making those amends. Mm. 10 is doing an inventory more frequently so that it doesn't get all clogged up. Okay. 11 is showing up and being of service to other people. Nice. I'm sorry. 11 is prior and meditation. And then 12 is being of service. Service and other people. Yeah. Got it. God damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So you don't have any whiskey? Yeah. Chase. 12 step chaser. Yeah. Nailed that. Yeah. yeah those gonna, are the stuff. I'm going to also service myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing the 12 step to myself, man. Every morning. Get on my knees. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So I started in this program and I. I went to rehab. I've been in rehab uh, nine times. And the last time I went was uh, hopefully the last time, mm-hmm. 22 years ago. And um, yeah, you're 108 steps in. Yeah, dude, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm in the multiplication tables at this point. But no, so I, I went into the program really with like this kind of like, oh shit, there's nowhere else to go. Like, I guess I'll go here. And I was open to kind of doing some of the program. I was open to going to meetings, mm. meeting other people, doing service. <laughs> you were, she was open to the hangout. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I was open like, you know, people that hang at the gym but don't work out. Yeah. hundred percent. That's it. You know those people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, dude. I'll fucking buy the gear yeah. and then eat pizza in my fucking car. Sick. Um, And I remember, and I'm also, my background is I'm Jewish, and I remember feeling like, oh, there's a lot of, like, people here that have this belief in God, and it feels kind of cringy, and sometimes, like, I would hear people share, oh, Jesus, this, and I'm like, eh, you know, I'm not interested, and just be really turned (laughs) off, you know, or just, like, debating and argumentative and whatever, and and it was, like, probably about six months, we'll say, not drinking and using Mm -hmm. this last time through. And I was so miserable, just just yucky, depressed. I hated everything. And I'm like, why am I, why am I sober? This is dumb. You know, well, I got sober to what? Be miserable and miss alcohol. And um, my friend at the time, Ron C., <laughs> he said, uh, why don't you try to pray? And I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm fucking Jewish. I'm one of the chosen people. I don't need to yeah. do that shit. <laughs> it's in me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do shit. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but there's a cool, he, he said, you know, there's this cool prayer that's like, that a lot of people say, the St. Francis prayer, and we like, he, he gave me a copy of it, and I remember reading it and being like, this is the most religious, biblical, cringy thing you could have ever given me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it even has the word, like, doth in it or something. Like, <laughs> it's like bespoke, whatever, I'm like, and I remember just being like, vehemently, like, almost like, my physical body, like get the, how could this cannot help me and really just like anti whatever. So then like a couple more weeks went by and I was like, I think I'm going to kill myself. Like, I think that's my step. Mm. I don't want to go back to using and drinking because I couldn't bear the embarrassment of not staying sober 
yeah. for the millionth time. That's the thirteenth step. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather go and fucking jump off a bridge. Mm. And I was Is that what you would have done? Uh no, I probably would have taken meds. I would have I'm a fucking pussy. Oh, yeah. Weak. Yeah. Weak. No, thank you for calling me out, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I would have done that. I wouldn't have done anything big and dramatic, but um and I remember leaving a meeting and kind of slinking away and my friend Ron C like coming up to me and just checking in and I was a smoker at the time, so we were like smoking six. And uh he was like, you know, that prayer, maybe like think about what it might mean to you. Mm. Maybe if you looked at it and just like rewrote it, like take a look at it. He's like, you're very smart. You have an incredible brain. And anytime anyone says that, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on, more about my intellect. <laughs> and he kind of used a little bit of that ego stroking to be like, read this and like maybe rewrite it, see what it means. And then like, you know, let's chat about it. And it, I swear to God, dude, I was like, I'll fucking show him. I'll fucking. <laughs> and I like looked at the prayer and I rewrote it a little bit. And I was just like, holy shit, this sounds awesome. If I could do this, <laughs> if I could like, if I could get some, <laughs> you know, if I could have the grace to be able to love rather than be loved or the power and strength to forgive someone rather than to demand to be forgiven. I'm like, what a fucking relief. Mm. You know, what an incredible relief that would be to live life in that space. And yeah, I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it now, but I was like, oh shit, is this an option? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. could, could, could I feel like this? Because I'm going to jump off a bridge or, you know, take a bunch of Tylenol PM. You know she's not jumping off that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> she's trying to steal Suicide Valor right now. Oh <laughs> no God. way she's jumping off that bridge. Dude, stolen Valor suicide version? Insane. You're like, make sure whatever you do that my obituary says I jumped off a bridge. You're like, I don't know, but you, this is assisted suicide. We're just putting you to sleep. Off the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> do it slow do it slow yeah my yeah. god now if you don't mind me asking is there any part of you well first of all congratulations on a sick yeah. rewrite yeah. of a prayer yeah you baby. Know, that's awesome yeah uh but also is there any part of you as a jewish person that felt yeah. when you were praying that jesus was up in the sky going well well, well. <laughs> look who came crawling back <laughs> fuck up <laughs> But there's a part of me now that has that in my head, of course. Okay. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. Jesus, like, looking at his watch. I figured it'd be any minute. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, my child. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to uh, distill what it was that you learned from that experience, like, how would you uh, contextualize that? Yeah. Pain is the greatest motivator of open-mindedness. That's mm. it. Pain is going to rip your fucking mind open. You think you have an idea of what you're willing to do or not do. If you're in enough pain, you could fucking lift a car. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet that a lot of times people with gritted teeth are like, I'll consider it. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. You know what's fucking insane? I just was telling my wife this. We were talking about this story because we were like, what does it take for someone to get to the bottom? And mm. we were talking about someone in a pretty intense, crappy relationship. We're like, wow. They keep going back, keep going back. Yeah. And that is an addictive cycle, right? It's vicious. It's all that stuff. And I was sharing that. I had this one of the times I was in a rehab where I had combined some uh, ecstasy and then my, the mood stabilizers that I was on. 
and some cocaine. And I was in this, I was like freaking, my head started to split open. Mm-hmm. And I was freaking out and started to have some panic. And then I was able to calm down because someone had turned on the radio. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God. I was like, thank you, my roommate at the time. I'm like, Acadia, thank you so much for turning on the radio. And she's like, I have not turned on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, fuck! (laughs) I am fucked. And I actually had to go to the fucking emergency room. They, like. I had to be strapped down to a fucking, I thought I could read people's minds. Like it was, I remember doctors coming in like 10 doctors at a time and I couldn't move. I was like, I had almost given myself brain damage with the amount of drugs that I did. It took me like several weeks afterwards to regain the ability to speak. Like it was fucking insane. And that all happened, right? (laughs) I know. My wife's like, why? How can we get back there? (laughs) How can we get you to say less? (laughs) (laughs) So after that, do you guys think I stopped using drugs and drinking? You you would think. Well, because you asked that question, I will say no. (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm good at these. As soon as I could talk again, I was like, where can I get high? So like what it takes, like that amount of pain didn't get me to that point. Mm. Everyone's fucking elevator gets off at a different stop. You know, Mm. the last time I used that last experience I had wasn't the worst pain I had ever been in, but like the experience of all the pain together, I was like, oh, this is horrifying. Mm -hmm. You know, the amount of pain knowing like there were times I was closer to joy and then I continue to choose this. Yeah, this fucking intensity. Anyway. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that, first of yeah. all. Yeah. Wow, guys. And we this didn't is even... straight vodka, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't count if you're on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so now, Betty, what we do is we pop open those chakras from the bottom chakra up. Yes. You ready for this? Is this an anal one? Well, we have to say that. The first yes. one is located right around the butthole. Oh, my God. I just cr- tightened my muscle down there a little bit. Oh, we'll bit. fix that. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Put it in me. Take it away. (laughs) Let's go. All right, Betty, how did you learn to overcome fear? Mm, Yeah. Uh, Something that I was horrified that I had done, I went and I told everyone I did it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was so afraid. This also happened in an AA meeting. Uh, I was a couple, two or three years sober. I had to go on welfare. I was dealing with like a lot of, intense uh situations and i was uh the kind of one of the group members like each meeting is set up as a different group and i was one of the group members and i would take the money after each meeting and i was stealing a lot of the money and uh stealing from a 12-step program yeah 100 percent. yes sick was taking it and justifying in, I mean, this is the amazing thing. With or without alcohol, I'm a fucking alcoholic. Mm. I can manipulate, con, scheme, scam. And I was still sick. I still hadn't really done any kind of work on myself. I was still just like making coffee and smoking cigs and uh, doing some prayer a little bit. And uh, yeah, I was fucking stealing money. And then within like a couple of weeks, like a bunch of crazy financial shit happened where I was like, oh, fuck, like. I had a bunch of tickets or something and there was like uh, something. Oh, I lost my job. I got fired from the fucking pizza place, which is now it's a huge apartment building, but it was on 18th and Walnut, the best fucking pizza, Lombardi's pizza. I got Mm. fired from there. 
Uh, and I was like, fuck. And I remember talking to my sponsor and being like, all oh, this shit's going on. I'm fucking, what am I going to do about money? And he's like, D- has any, was anything, did anything happen like a couple months ago? Like, how did all, like, did your bad luck all of a sudden start? Like, he, I don't remember specifically what he said, mm-hmm. but whatever he said got me to be like, oh shit. I've been stealing money from, and he's like, okay, so you can never really have an honest relationship with money unless you get really honest with money. It's not enough to just like, you know, that means cheating on your taxes is being, having a dishonest relationship with money. Mm. So I, I was like, uh, okay, so I'll put the money back in the basket. He's like, you're going to have to go to the meeting and tell everyone you took the money. That's Mm. how you're going to make these financial amends. And that's also how you're going to, change your relationship with money okay and i was like no fucking way (laughs) no way i'd rather jump off a bridge take a lot of time (laughs) and i was just like it was like my only community it was like i had moved into philly and the only people that i was friends with were people in the program and i thought to go into that meeting again god bless them a bunch of fucking loser drunks just like me and have to admit that i'm the worst of all of them and that i was stealing money yeah (laughs) And I was like so fucking afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, you're going to be afraid and you're going to do it anyway. Okay. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was it. So, uh, I went and did it. So overcoming fear for you is acknowledging, acknowledging something like, like, like going at it head first. Yeah. And just the thing it you're afraid to share, the yeah. most honest thing about yourself, your biggest secret, that thing that keeps you sick is the thing that keeps you most afraid. Once you share that and say, here it is, here's mm-hmm. the thing, I'm a thief, Ugh. you're free from that. You're, in exchange, you have in, now had grown a little bit of integrity and a little bit of courage. Okay. And it doesn't mean you're never without fear. You mm-hmm. just are with the fear and you proceed with integrity. Okay, so uh, not necessarily related to what you just said, but can yeah. you remember a time in your life when you were the most scared? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, time in my life when I was the most scared. Hmm. So, I mean, it's a, this is hard to, this is a good fucking question. Um, when I was like 16, I told my parents at the same time, even though they were divorced, I was, it was suggested that I sit them down and kind of tell them that I was gay. Wait, who suggested that? Yeah, my therapist. You had a therapist at 16? Yeah, I'd already been in rehab twice by 16. Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Got after it. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I fucking don't Somebody fuck around. Somebody was popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cool ah. Someone had good insurance. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. So I remember that being just like, oh, my fucking God, you know, holy shit. I'm going to sit them down. I'm going to tell them. I also told them something that happened to me when I was a little kid, and my therapist recommended to tell them both things together. Yeah. So I was like, so I was, this happened to me when I was a little kid, and also I'm gay. All right, see you guys later. So that, like, the prep for that was like, oh, my God, it was like the worst book report ever. <laughs> like, mm. this fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but I did. I had to get honest. Okay. Fucking How did they, did they like give the reaction that you thought or was it just kind of like. They were both, I mean, God bless the both of them. They come from like education backgrounds. They both were teachers and um, they were, we'll love you no matter what. 
and we're going to fucking murder whoever did that to you. Mm. Like, yeah, the best <laughs> thing that you could say. Did that bring them back together? <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, <laughs> uh, no, probably not. But yeah. <laughs> um, no, they never got back together. Thank God. All right. Well, yeah, that's definitely a fear shock of Pop Lighto. Yeah. Did you guys just shit yourself when I told you that? Did that open your anal canal so much that it just <laughs> popped out? I was like, wait, are you smelling something? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we've, we've, we've heard some things. Oh, yeah? <laughs> we've heard some things. I'm going to go back yeah. and fucking yeah. listen to uh, so, You yeah. should do a Venn diagram of all the answers of people and see where everyone overlaps. I'm sure there's someone out there that's like a huge contributor and, and fan of your podcast yeah. Yeah. that could go through with like data is beautiful and like, web design like how people are connected with their yeah. answers yeah i would say um well not necessarily in your case uh, maybe i don't know i mean i haven't gotten this far but like a dead dads yeah come up a lot yeah dead dads a lot dead of dead dads. Dads. oh how lucky a lot of dead dads <laughs> 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 all right no fear chakra dads. pop ace all let's right. go <laughs> we are to the pelvis chakra so, Betty, this is a segment we like to call My Bad. So it's an opportunity for you to apologize to a person, place, or thing in yeah. order to set your karma back to neutral. Oh my God. We just got done popping Betty's dark chakras on Chakra Poppers <laughs> After Dark, our Patreon. One dollar gets you all of our exclusive content. It was so much fun. Betty, did you have a good time? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you were awesome. You were awesome. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and also be sure to check out BettySmithsonian.com for all of her, her dates and comedy shows. You go check her out. Uh, you can already see how much fun she is comedically. Go watch her perform live. You will not regret it. So $1, all of our exclusive content, which not only includes the counter to this podcast you're watching right now, which we call two uh, Chakra Poppers After Dark. Yes. But we also do fight commentary and analysis on Ansley's jujitsu matches. Whether she wins or loses, we put it out there. So now, you guys are going to get back to this episode and find out who or what Betty has to apologize to. God, this is great. Um, the my bad part. You know, I recently, I haven't spoken to my sister, my, my twin sister and Probably about six months. Mm. We've had a, a bit of a falling out. But luckily, we've had some recently, we've, we've had some mediated conversation, which has been good. Okay. I think I would want to apologize to her. That would feel, I feel like I made that about me needing something okay instead of and then in that moment she began to go through a pretty intense beginning of a divorce and yeah. it was like when you would need your sister mm. and i was like nope my comfort and my boundaries and my you know whatever mm. are gonna be first and the, the two of you are identical twins right well, a lot you, of people, you look identical. We do. We yeah. look identical. We've never been, it's never been tested, but I think if it did, it would be mm. identical. But the doctor told us we were fraternal. Mm. But my mom also didn't know she was having twins until my sister was born. Yeah. No ultrasound. Yeah. Yeah. I popped out and they were like, sweet, that was the one we want. <laughs> and they went to deliver the placenta. And then the doctor felt another foot and was like, thought it was maybe a stillborn. Yeah. Um, and then it was my sister. 
That's wild. Yeah, I can't believe they used to do it that way. Like, right? oh, yeah. surprise baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also, like, the fact that my mom had no fucking idea. Like, we heard three and four of the kids. So she yeah. had two others. Yeah. And, like, looking back at pictures, like, no offense, she'll probably never listen to this, but my mom was oh, she's the actually our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> she's the one making the Venn diagram yeah. of data. Yeah. Um, my mom was the size of this room. Like, yeah. she was gigantic. Yeah. Like, twin like, bellies are insane. Yeah, yeah, the fact that there weren't three babies in there it was fucking nuts <laughs> yeah but um yeah she never had an ultrasound i guess back in that time when i'm 95 so in the late 1800s they only did an ultrasound if there was an issue yeah they thought there might be an issue yeah but now it's like every six hours they're like oh, no. update yeah. update yeah. it's the size of a walnut it's yeah. the size of a bigger <laughs> walnut yeah now I, I i noticed you were being a little bit vague about the falling out between you and your sister and we don't need to detail this stuff yeah we're not willing to share but uh, with that being said, yeah, uh, you can look into the camera and yeah. you can issue uh, an, an apology. apology. G, I love you, and I'm sorry. Woo, we did it. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. that did feel nice. Yeah, I just want butterflies. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, oh, that's so great. That really made me feel something too. Good. Um, I call my twin G, mm -hmm. but it's not because of, you know. G, like you guys say G, like gangster. What guys, do you mean by you guys? guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I meant okay. like Sydney yeah. and um, <laughs> his other black friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we say it because we are, we in the past used to quote a Millie Vanilli song, Girl, You Know It's True. Mm -hmm. We used to say that all the time. Girl, you know it's true. Good, good, good girl. We would do that silly thing yeah. to each other. And then we would just shorten it with like girl, and then we'd just be like, gee, mm. okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that's where it comes from Millie Vanilli, not because we are appropriating the black culture of gangster. <laughs> Millie Vanilli, black. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're, that the girl you're, you're, versus the gangster. You're, you're still appropriating <laughs> black culture. Shit, you're right. <laughs> oh. Wait, I have a new apologize. I need to apologize. <laughs> Millie and Vanilli, I am sorry. I have appropriated the G in, in your lip-synced 1992 song, Girl, You Know It's True. My bad, G. <laughs> Double apology. Yeah, that's the wide open yeah, chakra. Pop, pop right open. Pop, pop. My bad, G. My bad, Millie Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We had, to pop, we had to pop open a pelvis chakra. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's good. Ace, let's go. All right, we're to the gut chakra. So, Betty, how do you move past disappointment either in yourself or in loved ones? Yeah. Never, ever, ever stop bringing it up all the time. <laughs> Forever! <laughs> I'm like, uh, I like to do a thing called not let it go. You guys ever hear that? Uh, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like, I, I've, been, I've been having all kinds of, like, thoughts about being an older parent. And my wife and I are in the process of adopting. And... One of my friends is like, dude, you got to let it go. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Could show me how that works. Like, you mean just stop being worried that this thing that's so real could possibly be like really hard? Oh, girl, okay, cool. I'll just let it go. Why didn't you fucking say that? Holy shit, man. Thank you so much. It's let go. Have you, have you started letting things go? Are you still, are you, where are you in that process? Of that experience right now, right now, the thing about feeling older 
I haven't been able to let go yet because it's still like I'm expecting to be a parent that's older. I think mm-hmm. once I am, I'll be like, yeah. oh shit, I'm in the zone. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's perfect that I have whatever, whoever I am. But I'm feeling uh, other things I've let go of in my life, a ton mm-hmm. of shit. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. I think eventually there's this uh, saying like everything I let go of has claw marks all over it. And that sort of feels like I've never really been able to be like, oh, this is causing me pain. Okay, cool. Let's put that down. Yeah. You know, usually it's a, a struggle to finally. So I have to really be hurt by it before I'm ready to like drop it. Is okay. that what you guys th- do? How do you let something go? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> What's we, that? We I think I ruminate on things a lot and then I try to find a way to like, like go like kind of what you're saying about fear, like go into it. Like Mm. if it's an experience, like do it again or like, you know, um, yeah, test it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So almost weaken the thing. Yeah. I like to weigh it against my willingness to do something about it. (laughs) Oh Yeah. And like what the balance is between. Yeah. And if it's like, well, if I'm not going to do something about it, I have to let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if I'm going to do something about it, well, once I do something about it, it will be let go. So either way, way, I guess I let it go. Yeah. 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 So uh, in in this section, I like to ask this question. So whether it was from some sort of performance art or some sort of sport. Yeah. Is there a, a lingering disappointment from either performance art or sport that you still think about sometimes? Um, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. God, these are really good questions, you guys. So thoughtful. And you're such, both of you are such great listeners. Thank you. (laughs) What did you say? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's something that is so powerful in exchanging information is Mm. when you have people really connecting and listening. It can make the thing you say so much clearer. Yeah, but I think what it is is that we both love other people's business. <laughs> <laughs> but even that, I, I feel that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, oh yeah, that's funny. Um, so yeah, I think probably I don't feel disappointed in performance at all. I, I love that I feel like I get to express and share joy all the time. Um, it doesn't matter what size stage, whether I'm crossing the street or in line at the Acme or wherever i i really love that that's part of my life i was a basketball player and i went to high school i played high school basketball and i went to a bunch of like basketball camps and i was supposed to play basketball in college and i was like recruited by all these schools and i was supposed to play at the college i went to and i like got recruited and it was division 3 but i still got recruited and i was going to play and i just never showed up to practice the first day. I just went to college and dodged and then finally said, yeah, I'm, I don't think it's for me. Why didn't you show up? I was afraid, I bet. And I wanted to like smoke cigarettes and do drugs and I didn't, yeah. wanna, I didn't want the discipline of working out and I was new in, in college and I thought the people I wanted to spend time with and the things that I wanted to fill my time were not gonna be in athletic stuff. Hmm. And wow. I, I know. I think about that. Like that was. Um, I'm going to think about that all I know, the time. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and my life just turned. You know, college was weird. But, you, know. you made it through college. No, a couple times I went to different colleges. This was the first college I went to, Brandeis University, mm. and uh, a really good school. And <clears throat> yeah, ended up 
being asked to leave that school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, I think by the time I left that school, I had already been, like I left that school going to rehab for the fourth time. Mm. So things were really, I was, <laughs> I'll say like, I always felt like I was like, um, rearranging furniture on the Titanic. <laughs> That's sort of what like the years of like 14 to 22 felt like. Okay. You know, I was like, it's fine. Don't worry about anything. The, oh yeah. yeah. The water coming in. Just if you move the chair over here, you won't even oh, notice. Oh, when it was sinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, she's That's getting it ready for his maiden voyage. <laughs> she's, a, she's a boat decorator, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> all right. I get it now. I get that now. <laughs> Uh, we're doing it. Oh my God. <laughs> we're doing it. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Betty the boat decorator. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is beautiful. Yeah. And that's, that's also a chakra pop. Yes. That's a gut chakra popped wide open. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. 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 yeah it's awesome. Uh, Ace, let's go. All right. We are to the heart chakra. So Betty, what have you learned from grief? Mm. Holy moly. What have I learned from grief? Uh, I've learned that grief is an underwater roller coaster that's also in space. Okay, hmm. wait. Let me see if I can get this. One. <laughs> wait, is it sinking? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> it, it at times yeah. will feel like it is sinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. It at times will feel like you are going perfectly with the current. Mm-hmm. It at times will feel like you're going to throw up. <laughs> it will have all of the things. There is no linear path. There is no one right way to grieve. And it will potentially, it has the power to go on and be part of your life forever. There is no door closed that has to happen on grief. Mm-hmm. You can feel it forever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's your personal experience. I've learned that there is no... Um, when, you, when I think that I have fully experienced the weight of something, I'm like, wow. And I've done phenomenal work in therapy and trauma therapy and huge narratives about all the things that have made me who I am and the things that are the worst shit that ever happened to me. And I finally just uncover it. And I'm like, oh, and the lightness that I feel after that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, right? The grief. I'm through it. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just yes. at a part of it that right now feels almost like it's in remission and it's allowed to come back. Mm. It's allowed to be part of me in whatever yeah. form. That's what I've learned. Where, where is the, the more uh, stable part, uh, underwater or in space? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's underwater. Okay. Yeah. Great question. Chad, Sid the kid for the fucking win. Let's go. (laughs) Undefeated question. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now, you don't have to get into too much detail about this. You know, we are a comedy podcast. And you can get into detail about it as long as you're willing to have us make fun of it. But is there a particular grief situation that you think of when you're answering that question? Um. God, I feel like letting go of the expectation of what my parents were. I feel like that's the thing I've grieved the most. Mm. Like as a kid, my mom was my mom. My dad was my dad. They were the best mom or dad ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as I grew and changed and learned and got sober, I started to see a little bit more of the truth of 
sometimes what people how people are parenting and the decisions they make maybe weren't the best decisions for everybody. Well, it was after they had to deal with your drunk ass. Fucking for a right, while. dude. Hey, <laughs> motherfucking men. Were, now that's some fucking truth yeah, right there. you were there. seeing them in their PTSD face. Hell yeah. <laughs> fucking right, man. Oh, dude, I fucking remember this one time coming home so fucking drunk. It was like five in the morning. My friend had to push me up the stairs. And I remember this fucking moment where my mom was at the top of the stairs and I was at the bottom and I thought I was getting in to the house safely. Mm -hmm. And I was, I must've been in a blackout or something, but I fucking came to at this moment and my mom would like turn on the hallway, the stairway light. Mm -hmm. And I just saw her horrified face looking down at me, like horrified, scared, hadn't been able to get in touch with me, hadn't gotten home. And then here I am like drunk, whatever at the bottom of the stairs and just her face like, like just the terror yeah and like mm. on her face oh my god yeah vicious man. yeah so yeah i was fucking i was a lot to deal with for sure i believe it, <laughs> I believe it. as yeah. a parent i, I feel that yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah what are we what are you guys gonna do how are you i mean luckily they're not 17 overnight but when you have when you have to deal with something that's fucking really what the fuck are you gonna do when your kid is potentially Mm-hmm. showing up in a way that feels like you're really disappointed in their decision well i mean like you said it's not you know they don't turn 17 overnight right so hopefully the the foundation of communication that we are currently laying down will help us with those conversations later on i mean that's that's the only thing i mean is that fair that's fair yeah that's fair and i think to expect that they're gonna make some bad decisions yeah right? i know but that's like i feel that's like how kids are right i feel like we're like we're jinxing ourselves because I feel like we are good people to deal with situations. And I feel like us expecting that we're never going to get to use our skill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I might be okay with that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I, like, I, I have, I, I need to like, like yell at somebody, sit somebody down and give somebody like, I feel like you're going to like take my lecture power. Away from <laughs> Yeah, you, you know? don't want your kids to be so good. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I do want them. I want them to be. I want to. I just want to be able to, like, you know, give them a what for every now and again. Yeah, <laughs> have a good what for vibe. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I think that's real. That's all I'm here for. It's what I'm on <laughs> earth for. <laughs> Everyone has their purpose. Yeah, and that's your purpose. Yeah, and I feel like my kids know that. Yeah, and I feel like they are actively trying to not let me have that because <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to be so good. I mean, I'm not necessarily trying they to be push the boundary just to the edge. Yeah. Like they know where it is. Yeah, what they, is what is the thing for the both of you that is the most surprising thing that has happened in your relationship as a result of having kids? What's been a thing like, wow, I did not think this would be the thing? I think it was really hard. You know, like we've always parented by like make make sure your kids are somebody that you want to be around. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And that process is not as easy as it might seem to start with, right? Because yeah. when they are little, like you have to start at that point. You're not going to be like, oh, you can do whatever you want until you're six. And mm. then, then we're, now you're a person and now we're going to deal with you to make you, you know, fun Into to be around, that. right? Yeah. Right. So, but dealing with like a three-year-old or a four-year-old with that, that mindset and that discipline and like just watching them cry is like it's so heartbreaking you know and you're like i know this is good for the long term but in this moment this feels horrible you know oh man well see 
she that was so I love that. <laughs> I sort of yeah. love that. She was regrettably watching them cry. And I was victoriously making them cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that. Right. <laughs> that. Does it break? What is the thing that breaks your heart, Sid, when it comes to your kids? What's, what's the thing that makes your, your emotional heart the biggest and most vulnerable? Um, do you feel like you know? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, don't a, know. I'm a hard, I'm a hard ass dad. Yeah? Yeah. yeah I'm hey, pretty strict. Why, though? You must love those kids a lot. I do, but it's, uh, I mean, I didn't have parenting. Mm. So because of that, I feel like everything I do is way better than what I had. Mm. So go fuck yourself. What did you have? Well, my mom was a drug addict. My dad was an alcoholic. But my mom was also, she had a kid uh, at 15. Mm. And she, you know, she also has some pretty traumatic situations as a child. Yeah. And that she never really, uh, she went out every weekend. Like yeah. I didn't see her for a lot of the week. Uh, my dad wasn't around. And then, you know, when I was seeing him, he was, he was drunk and he was fighting cops and shit. Yeah. So I never really had good parenting. So I feel like everything that I do is way better than what I had. So yeah, we're winning. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I could, I could be wrong. No, I, could be I don't think damaging you're my kids terribly. But. I think you do that because you love them so much that it hurts your heart to think that you would guide them in any other way. That's why what I think. That's you can where say s- that. I, stri- I think, <laughs> I think yeah. the strictness comes from that. My heart feels pretty good. <laughs> I feel pretty good. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think you know, different people are wired different ways, and I think. Uh, I don't. I, I I also was around like my you know my mom had kids at a young age. My sister had kids at a young age. I was always around the raising of kids. Okay. You know, so I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't come into raising kids like completely like, oh my God, what are we going to do with this? Yeah, like, I can't hold had, this job. You know, so I had. You had some experience. Yeah. So. I have zero experience. And I'm like, the, you just saying like knowing how to hold a kid. I'm like, how do you do it? What do you do? Yeah, by the foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. A lot of dangling. Hold up, yeah. <laughs> Hold them upside down. But that is definitely a heart shocker popped open wide. Uh, Betty, uh, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> thank yeah. you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, Ace, let's get to this throat chakra. All right. Throat chakra. So, Betty, what is a favorite lie that you tell or have told? Extra karmic points if it's still in rotation. <laughs> um, when I first got sober, I would, I would tell people I did heroin, but I had never done heroin. That for like cool points like what yeah if, yeah, yeah? She's could you imagine valor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's true. and suicide valor yeah like yeah. i was such a fucking insecure like people are like oh when you when you stop drinking and using to become a better person it's like wrong you first become so much worse yeah. you don't realize that drugs and alcohol were fucking keeping your ass together as soon as you like were like oh no my feelings i fucking lied about everything stole shit you know I didn't know how to be on the planet feeling the way I was feeling. Yeah. I couldn't actually even understand what my emotions were. I'm like, what do I even like? Ugh. At one point I thought maybe I was straight. I'm like, I don't know. I've only been with women when I was fucked up. <laughs> maybe I'm straight. So I went on a date with a dude and I was like, I'm definitely gay. <laughs> this dude stinks. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, what was the question? Oh, that was the lie, which was you told people you were Yeah, yeah, told people I did heroin. And then I didn't even say like, hey, everyone, I lied about that. I just stopped saying it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, dude. Oh, that's fucking, awesome. <laughs> I'm fucking not far. Now, were, were, when you were telling people that yeah. you had a heroin addiction, yeah. did you also feel a lot of pressure <laughs> to display <laughs> tremendous skill as some sort of art? No. <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, I remember just being like... <laughs> I remember redirecting when there'd be any follow-up about it because <laughs> I'm in AA. Most people are fucking junkies in AA. And when anyone would be like, oh, yeah, did you used to shoot dope at whatever? I'm like, so when do you guys want to get pizza? Are we like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I swear, dude, I was just like a bad liar, too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, but K&A, we used to fucking... <laughs> yeah, and they were like, yeah, we're heading to Lombardi's right now. No, 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 we can't no, go no, there. No. We can't go there. <laughs> Yo, dude. <laughs> yeah just and like i mean but i'm sure you've had maybe other people in recovery on your program but i feel like that is a common thing like the first little bit of time when you're in the program you're still such a piece of shit yeah. <laughs> and trying to fit in with a bunch of other pieces of shit you're like yeah. oh i guess i gotta fucking tell people i killed someone you know <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so wild dude <laughs> i'm the mayor of this fucked up room <laughs> i did heroin <laughs> So, I mean, going back to the thing about honesty, as soon as you share, as soon as you show what the thing is, the fucking relief, because what an emotional and mental exhaustion it is to lie and know you are lying. Yeah. Right? The physical, molecular, the shift in your cells, like just showing up and telling the truth is is like the best heroin ever. Mm. Well, that's from Maybe. someone who's never done hair. <laughs> <laughs> Sid! So good, dude. You're so good. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's an awesome lie. I think that's yeah. one of my all time yeah. favorite lies <laughs> on this podcast. Wow. Oh, Thank man. you for sharing. And that yeah. is a throat chakra popped wide open. Yes. Ace, let's go. All right. We are to the third eye chakra. So we're out of the physical into the metaphysical. Mm. So, Betty, what is something that you've always thought of as separate, but you're learning it's really the same? Something I always thought of as separate, and I'm learning the same. Yeah. I feel, oh my gosh, I have so many things in my head right now. Mm. She's lying. (laughs) (laughs) She's stealing thought dollar. I feel like, yeah. So I feel like the things that I thought were different. I mean, I'm going to talk about stand-up comedy. Is that okay? okay? Yeah, absolutely. That's sort of the thing that's coming into my head. The thing that I thought was different was this thing called stand-up comedy. Versus this thing that I do, which is show up and try to make people laugh. Mm. And I used to think I had to do this one specific kind of thing. Like, oh, it's got to be a joke and then a punchline and I have to do it in this way. And, but this other part of me that does a lot of alternative kind of comedy and much more uh, a different kind of connection with the audience that feels maybe it's in my just seeking of joy constantly mm-hmm. and maybe also the boredom of the joke I've told a million times. I thought like I had to have a hat that was a stand-up comedy hat. Psh, this is it. Do you need me to do stand-up comedy tonight? Or, and now I feel like, oh no, I am an, I'm a performer and I perform comedy. Mm. And if you want me to come on your show, I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah. perform comedy. <clears throat> and that I think jammed me up for a while. I feel like you were one of the first people. You 
and rainy in early comedy. I'm not friends with any of you guys, but I used to hit everyone up Thank for tips. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to hit you guys up for tips. How do you do this? How do you get good at this? That's my impression of me nine years ago. Hey, Sidley, Sid, wait up. Yeah, she nailed it. <laughs> that was her. <laughs> hey, Sid, I got a question. <laughs> And I remember being like, man, I'm fucking writing these like jokes about I'm gay and this is what being gay is. And I'm like, man, I'm fucking whatever. And you said when you're I'm like, how do I do something different? You're like, you eventually will be sick of telling those jokes and you will Mm -hmm. stop telling those jokes and you will not stop telling them until you are sick of telling them. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, so I get to feel how it feels to tell this joke and then decide whether I'm done or not. And it was like a fucking wake up call. I was like, oh, this is about what I think is funny. Mm. This is about that. This isn't about like, what does the audience need me to be? It's like, no, Mm. what do you want to tell us? And I was like, oh, fuck. And then that will eventually become something different. I was like, damn. Sid, wait up. Tell me that again. (laughs) Don't leave me, Sid. (laughs) Don't go to Helium. I'm stuck here at the improv theater. Wait. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love hearing my wisdom come back to me. Yeah, I know, and then I remember you. one time I made Rainy go get coffee with me and tell me, like, how do I get into stand-up? He's like, you got to get up on stage and just eat a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, like, yeah, that's actually great advice. Yeah, yeah so what are we going to do the rest of the time here? <laughs> 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 we still have all this coffee to drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this, this is just a two-minute meeting. I guess I can <laughs> yeah. head to an open mic. Yeah, I guess we could have <laughs> talked about this on the way to an open mic. <laughs> yeah, you could have texted me this. Yeah. Why are we meeting? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that answer. And, and, and uh, not, not to gas you up, but like as far as the answers that have something to do with stand up, that was the first time we heard that particular. Yeah. 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 I like that, too, because I think it's relatable to other like when you're trying to do anything, you know, like you always think it's like over there and you're like, oh, what am I going to do when I become that? And it's like you are that you just embody it. Yeah. 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 Like the thing I do is I'm going to bring into a space the desire to share some joy mm-hmm. and that is going to bring me pleasure and mm-hmm. i'm really really focused on that being your experience too Hell that's yeah. that's what's going to be yeah i love it yeah third eye chakra pop yes pop 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 <laughs> all right ace all right. Get uh, <laughs> we did it <laughs> we are to the crown chakra okay Woo. all right so two-part question so betty what is one thing you can't give up and why yeah. and what would giving it up mean uh, yeah. I can't give up fucking being on my phone, man. My phone hygiene is so wicked. Mm. I'm on my phone so much. Sometimes I get like, look on my phone at like how many hours and I'll like, look, I'm like for the day. Yeah. I'm, like you've been on your phone for 71 hours today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how is that even possible? Yeah. But it is like my, there is a world where I live where the phone, where I go and get a fucking flip phone. Yeah. This smartphone thing is over. Mm-hmm. And that I have a certain job that puts me on the internet and that internet lives in this one place in my house and that's where I have to go to do that internet thing. And then I leave and I take my fucking rotary phone <laughs> if I want to talk to someone. Like the piece that I think would come back to my life mm-hmm. and the, like what we're doing here, which is having a conversation where we're listening to each other and not looking at our phones, 
it's it's a totally novel thing these days. Mm. You know? Yeah, I do. Like most of the time you're talking to somebody, they're holding their phone and they're as they're gesturing when they're talking, they're glancing yeah, at their phone yeah. with every gesture. <laughs> Texting you know? with their thumb. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we think we can multitask, but we cannot. Yeah. We yeah. can't split our focus. The one of the books that I've listened or read or something says if we are splitting our focus, your focus becomes less than 100%. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, I got 50% here and 50 there. It's like, no, actually, it ends up being 40-40, and you lose yeah. that 20. Mm. The 20 is in nowhere. The 20 is you trying to do two things at once that you can't yeah. really do. I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. you, you, it takes focus to do two things. Yep. Right, yeah. right. All right. So what would giving up? Uh, the phone mean to you? Yeah, I think it would mean more of a genuine connection with people. I think it would probably pretty quickly not have the tolerance for those people that are always on their phone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, w- I think I would find myself in, in spaces that were more about like nature, <laughs> mountains, <laughs> and I would want to feel more disconnected from like the buzz of things. Yeah. I, I think I would have more yeah, I think I would have more steady vibes. I would be less spiking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and uh, Betty. Yeah. That was it. How do you feel? I mean, I'm, I'm a little hot, but I think that's just because <laughs> I've actually opened up all of my chakras. Yeah, it's warm. It's a warm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really good. I will be honest. I was nervous. Uh, to come onto the podcast because I was like, oh, I don't feel cool enough to be. Oh, you're yeah. not. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Also, we didn't even ask you, do you have time to stick around for the Patreon? Yeah, what's the Patreon? Uh, it's very similar to this, except we Get pop naked. Op- well, oh. <laughs> well <laughs> we pop open the dark chakras. Oh. It's a little bit different, but it's, it's very fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll have a good time. Okay, you, I cool. mean, with the time you had on this, I think you'll have a good time. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'm down and with darkness. Uh, and for you guys watching and listening, that's $1, by the way, gets you our Patreon. $1 per month gets you all of our exclusive content, which is the counter to this podcast, which we call Chakra Poppers After Dark. <laughs> yes, that's and what we, we call also, it. Yeah, we also do some fight commentary and analysis on Ainsley's Jiu-Jitsu matches, whether she wins or loses, we put it up there. And uh, but do you have anything to uh, promote real quick? Yeah, sure. You can go to bettysmithsonian.com to check out my upcoming shows. And I'm part of helping put on the free fringe in the fall, which is a bunch of uh, shows and um, festival kind of like vibe where you can go see anything for no cost. Hell yeah. So check out bettysmithsonian.com and get on those shows. And also... Follow us into the Patreon where we're about to have an amazing time with Betty Smithsonian and her dark chakras. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you so much for watching, guys. We love you and we are out. See ya.